Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Join me as we share our stories and explore the topics that are most important to creative entrepreneurs and makers. Do you have your ticket yet? The Makers and Shakers Small Business Conference is happening September 26th to 28th here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We cannot wait for you to join us to hear from all of the speakers that we have lined up. We're going to be talking all about what it takes to make this creative side hustle of yours a successful business. We have so much to learn from each other and we can't wait to see you so that we can watch your business grow. Head on over to makersandshakersconference.com to grab your ticket and learn more now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Makers Chat. I'm here today with Cami Strunzi. This is how you pronounce it. Am I pronouncing how you pronounce it? Right? it. Strunzi. Yep. Awesome. Um, so you guys, I met Cami back in January when I went to market in Atlanta and I was looking for new handmade products for our store. And she does the most amazing work. So I'm excited to have her on here today to tell you a little bit about her and her business and her art. And she's just got some really cool things happening. I've been following you on Instagram. I love seeing all the things popping up about what's happening in your studio. So if you would take just a second and let everybody know who you are, sure. what your business is, and you know, where you are, and maybe how you got started, like, you know, the thing that made you get started with the whole creative business. Sure. My whole uh, elevator pitch here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my name is Cami Strunzi. Um, I am... I live in Sullivan, Wisconsin, which is home to the National Weather Center. That's like the only big thing that's out by us. Otherwise, it's the boonies. Um, But my uh, studio and gallery is in Wales, Wisconsin, which is closer to like civilization, I guess. Um, And I just opened my studio in February. Um, and I've slowly been curating like my work, but then also work of other artists that I've met along my creative journey that I've been on for the last seven years. And I just want it to be a space where people can come show their work. And then I can also teach because I teach what I do because that was kind of like a unexpected bonus when I started doing this whole art business. It was kind of like, I just didn't say no to things when I started. I was just said yes, yes, yes to everything and just kind of saw what happened. So I've been teaching for four years now and it's been awesome. And I get to meet all these different people. Um, but anyway, so that's a little bit about like where I'm currently at, but the lead up to that was quite the journey for that. So it really all started back in 2015 when I was, um, my children were small. Um, I have, um, I was, I was doing creative things. So I was, I would paint murals like in my kids' rooms to like brighten up their space. I, I did a couple things um, on the corporate level where I did murals to like brighten up a like a boardroom, office space, that kind of stuff. So I was doing that on the side to kind of, you know, facilitate some extra income, but I could still be home with my kids because that was really important to my husband and I. So, um, but anyway, long story short, my grandfather ended up getting sick and he was a huge inspiration in my life. Um, he was a farmer. He worked really hard his entire life. Um, and lots of good memories of being up on his, he was in the upper peninsula of Michigan. So he had a big dairy farm. And like, at one point him and my grandma were like the dairy farmers of the year in Michigan. So <laughs> they, you know, it was their livelihood and their life. And, um, 
just lots of good memories. So when he got sick, it was just kind of sad to see this real robust, loud guy be kind of like stuck in a wheelchair and unable to do a lot of things for himself. So I wanted to, he was in a nursing home. I wanted to bring something happy to his space. So I painted this huge, like, I think it was like three feet by five feet uh, portrait of calves, like little Holstein calves to just kind of brighten up his space. And they represented his three daughters. They all had like little ear tags. I had the year of their birth on it. So, um, but anyway, I saw how much it like lifted his spirits. And I was like, oh, this is really nice that I could do something for somebody and like actually have them like, it really helped him like just by having that. And I enjoyed that feeling of being able to give something to somebody. Um, so I started doing some pet portraits because other people started, oh, you paint. I'm like, yes, they do. So I started doing all these pet portraits and stuff. Um, and then my grandfather ended up passing away and I was like super sad, obviously. Um, so I would go on these walks and kind of think about him. And I had heard that, um, you know, when somebody passes, like your angels come to you in different forms, like um, cardinals and dragonflies and butterflies. So I was like looking for all those symbols. And like I said, I live in the boonies, like in farmland. So I was expecting to see all these things all the time because hello, I live in the country. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't seeing them. I was like, well, where the heck are these dragonflies and these butterflies? And I swore like prior to him passing, I saw cardinals all the time. And then when he passed, I didn't see any cardinals. I was like, what's going on, you know? Um, but I'd be on these hikes and I was finding feathers like everywhere. And I'd pick them up and I'd look at them and I'm like, oh, these are really pretty. And I'd bring them back home. And my husband was like, get those dirty things out of the house. This is gross, yuck. Um, and I was like, well, I just, I really like them. I'm kind of obsessed right now. So I would, I laid them all out. I cleaned them all up, but you know, some of them were really gross, but I laid them all out, cleaned them up. And then I started drawing and painting feathers. And I was like, okay, I really like studying these. And then um, my dad is a very creative guy and he makes um, copper roofed birdhouses. And I was in his workshop and he had like this roll of copper and I was like, hey dad, can I have some of this copper? And he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So cut off um, some copper. And then I started cutting out different shapes and stuff and started playing around with it. And um, I was doing birds and leaves and flowers. And then I started getting on the feather thing. And I was like, oh, these feathers are fun. I, I'm having a great time making these. And, you know, they started off very primitive. I mean, my, I'll show you, I have my early, my very first feather I ever made, I have framed. My best friend did that for me. It's not great. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool, but it's not like, you know, we're all always our own worst critics. So right, right, like- yeah she forced this on me because she's like you need to have this and I was like oh I don't want to see like where I started I just rather like have this but anyway so it started off very very primitive and I was just having fun and I you know took to Instagram and I posted some of these copper feathers that I did and immediately I got like all this response like oh those are cool can I buy some can I do this and that and I'm like well I like I don't know I'm like I didn't even think about it I was just posting stuff to post it you know yeah and, um, you know, once somebody's like, Hey, can I, can I buy that from you? It's like, Oh, maybe I have something here. So I started incorporating them into my line that I would do at art fairs. Um, and then quickly found out that people were really drawn to them. And it was one of those things where I had my story as to why I was making them. Cause I was finding them and, oh, I should say this, um, 
one of my friends came over prior to me doing these in art shows um, and had looked at my feather collection, which I now have like in a shadow box at my house. And she goes, well, she's like, do you know what feathers symbolize? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm just finding them on my walks. I just think they're pretty. And she's like, well, there's a saying that a feather will appear when an angel is near. And I was like, Ah, (laughs) this is what it is. So, um, that, that connection kind of got me to the next part, which was then making them to put in art fairs and then people would come in. I would share my story. Um, a lot of times I wouldn't even share my story. People would just come in and then just start talking about what these feathers, like what a feather is symbolic to them. And it was one of those things where I was like, I made something that not only somebody it drew somebody into me, but it made them happy or it made them feel comfort. And it was like, that's, that's the whole point of like creating art is like, you're communicating without words, yeah. you know, and people are opening up that I don't like, I don't even think sometimes people realize like how much they open up and I'm like listening and just being kind of like, I don't know, maybe a conduit for their emotions to escape or whatever. So it was just kind of fitting. Cause copper is a conduit so (laughs) it's a conductor it's a conductor so it's kind of it's kind of strange like how that all happened but um I just became I I I was just listening to a podcast actually earlier today about um like obsession and creatives and how people get fixated on stuff and they just create and create and create and you know there's a there's a line between what is like Malcolm Gladwell said that um genius is uh or obsession obsession is actually genius or something like that I don't want to say that I'm a genius or anything but there is something in it when you actually do obsess over something and apply it over and over and over again you get better at it right so doing what I did with the um like the copper feathers and here this is like this is what they look like now which is obviously way better that they have more dimension now my my um process is kind of streamlined and everything so they do them in all different fits and finishes um but getting to that point where I was like okay I actually have something here and people are responding I'm like maybe I could build a business out of this um and that's literally what I did for the last well 2015 I, I really started making the feathers in 2017 Um, and that's kind of when it all, all took off. And then I made the jump to be like, okay, I was selling in little short stores that I can't talk (laughs) stores and shops throughout Wisconsin. And I was like, maybe I could take this to like the next level. So I can really turn this into a viable, um, art-based business for myself and my family. So that's what I did when I, um, made the jump to go to, um, Atlanta for the international home and gift show. Um, cause they had a whole handmade category and I was like, yes. well, this is a way for me to meet people like you. Yeah. We're looking for something new and different. Cause yeah. like our country is huge. Yes. We live in a big, big place. So I knew that there was a market, um, for my art and an outlet for me to be creative, kind of live out my, I, I was a graphic designer for years. So, you know, I didn't want to be stuck behind a computer. I really wanted to make stuff with my hands and be out there doing stuff and meeting people like you and others and yeah yeah. and then the teaching just kind of rolled into it and that's awesome that's kind of my my long-winded story (laughs) no it's not long-winded at all and I love it because there's so many pieces of that that I'm I'm like oh that's me 
Right? I mean, there's, there's so many similarities, but I think that's the case with a lot of creatives, right? Oh, we yeah. start a thing just because we like it and we love to do it. And then it turns into this business. And so often it is about the connection. You know, yeah. I loved, I don't do craft fairs as often as I used to, but craft fairs are awesome. Cause you just, like you said, they, people walk in and they start talking to you and yeah. you get to learn their stories and it just, I don't know, the connection as an artist, being able to sell your products like that is, right. is wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of creatives and a lot of artists, a lot of what we do is very um, insulated and we're like introverted. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there's days that go by where I'm just like in the studio making stuff and I don't talk to another person Yeah, <laughs> like by myself. To do. Yeah. And I love people. I love being around people. Um, but I love the quiet that comes with creating too, but you have to have that balance of like being able to have your own quiet time to like, cause there's a lot of reflection. And I think like meditation that comes in when you're getting a project together or trying to figure out how to do something or make something new, it's a lot of quiet time that you need to focus. But then, you know, with everything, you also need other people to talk to and kind of play off of them and listen to what they have to say too. So yeah. It's, and I'm sure, is it your experience? Cause I feel like it's kind of, kind of been mine, at least when you're teaching classes, the conversations you're having with the people who are creating and they're like, oh, you could do this. Oh, you could do this. It's like, huh, you get some really good ideas. Just having yeah. conversations with people about, right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's always, that's always fun for me is to hear the feedback from the people in class. And they're like, could I use, could I do this on this or use this for this medium or whatever? Yeah. It's like, hmm. I never thought of that, but let's try it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's one of the things that I try to tell people too. Like, because I think uh, as, as a society, um, you know, we kind of function in like these little constraints where, you know, and even like schooling and stuff, you're not really allowed to go out of the box so much. You kind of have to stay within like this, this little like area. So when you're actually like, are listening to people and they're saying, oh, can I do this? Can I do that? A lot of people are like, well, I'm not even going to try it or I don't want to mess it up or, you know, but it's that, that point of like, well, what would happen if we tried that? Let's, let's find out, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen. Yeah. You got to scrap a project and stick it in the, the, oh no pile. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or you could like try it and see what happens. Maybe it's a great success. Maybe it's an epic fail, you know? I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be cool either way. You're going to learn something. So, yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about your studio, because like you said, that is new for you having yeah. a studio space with other people. What right. does that look like? Who's in there with you? Um, so fortunately my dad is a, he's retired now. So he's like my main guy. So like we do all of our, you know, the feathers are mounted on, on wood boards. Um, I have butterflies and dragonflies that are also mounted on wood. So we have like a lot of dust and lumber and stuff in the back of the studio um so it's a really nice woodworking shop um so we we create things back there so my dad is here helping me a lot my husband helps out a lot um I do have some artists that have been with me for a while that I use I utilize for piecework so I've trained them on my methods um that I have for um like on my feathers and butterflies and dragonflies and stuff so um you know, I will give them piecework. I did for a while. I, I tried out having like a permanent assistant here and, you know, running a small business. It's really, it really comes down to like what you can afford and what you can. And it's, you know, this is new for me as far as like having 
an actual physical space that's all just business because prior to this I was in my garage in my house and no overhead <laughs> so transitioning to this has been it's been a great experience it's been a learning experience but it's been very like okay I got to be smart about things and and really kind of focus my efforts where I'm going to see the most growth and the most bang for my buck so to speak so right. yeah I do have peace workers like I said my dad is pretty much like the cheapest labor imaginable because he's like sweat equity investment into this yes. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, it's really, I mean, kind of mostly me, um, just doing the day-to-day -day thing. My kids come in here, they're 15 and 11. So like on the weekends, they'll run like the storefront and, you know, That's check fine. people out and stuff like that. So it's really like a family, family run kind of business, which has been pleasantly surprising and fun. I love that. Did you have anyone in your family growing up that had their own businesses or anything like that for you to be? I'm trying to think, um, not that I was directly like in contact with, I know like my great grandfather had like a bakery at one point. Um, so he did that kind of stuff, but you know, I didn't, I never met him. So I never really knew, but I know like as a kid, I remember my sister and I used to play downstairs in the basement and like have, we would play store yes. and we would like <laughs> put stuff up. So I kind of always had it in the back of my mind yeah. um, as to being that. And like, when I started this, the creative side of this business, it was like, well, maybe someday I'll have a, a shop. And it was just like, for me growing um, and, and selling when I have like my, my wholesaling accounts has, has gotten me to this point where I could be like, okay, my next logical step yeah. is to have a shop where people can, cause I would have people messaging me on Facebook or Etsy got out of control for a while. And I was like, I can't juggle all these things. All I have things. to have, yeah. Like I have to like funnel all my efforts into one. So yeah, it just made like sense to have a, a store here and it's been so far so good. <laughs> so awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. I was asking because I know you're, I'm sure your kids are just going to love that though. That's they're going to, they're going to look back on that and just love that time in your studio. Because I remember growing up, I had two grandparents on each, like one on each side of the family that owned their own businesses. Yeah. And we got to go as kids and like spend the day there and help and do the different little things and whatnot. Yeah. And like, when I was younger, I wouldn't have told you that I wanted a store. Like that wasn't necessarily what I wanted, but right. like, as I've opened my store and gotten back into it, it's like the things that I remember enjoying when I was a kid are still the things that I really enjoy about it. Right. And um, whether they go that direction or not, it was really great memories to be able to spend that time with family in that kind of setting. So I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that. my kids like see that because then they come in here and I'm like, I'll sweep the floors, go clean the bathrooms. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh, mom. <laughs> like, well, this is stuff that has to be done, you know? Right. But it, it is good. And it is one of those like kind of like, character building yeah. exercises for them and for me yeah. um but yeah it's been really good so that's awesome I love it so tell me about some of the classes I've been like I said I've been I've been watching on Instagram when you've been posting different things and it looks like y'all are having a blast oh, how do yes. you decide what kind of class because I would imagine well I, I can tell with what you're doing there's like so many steps it's a big process it's yes. probably not super easy no. to bring to a classroom. <laughs> right. And that was one of the things that really, cause like I said, I've been teaching for four years. So I was for four years, I had a suitcase, like two suitcases full of supplies 
And I would be invited at, by different studios and little shops in Wisconsin. Hey, come teach a class here. And I was all about supporting small business because I know how, how difficult it is and like to get bodies into a place to see. So I would, you know, I have my own like whatever social media following and stuff and they have their social media following. So if you put those two together, you're really kind of expanding everything. So they help me, I help them. Um, but it just got to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm traveling every weekend. Um, you know, I was really putting in the hours and the effort to grow that side of my business and just like, hey, I'm here, you know, and I mean, I was over, I, where I'm at in Wisconsin is the Southeastern portion of Wisconsin, but I was all the way up in like Northwestern Wisconsin. I was in Illinois. I went to Michigan a few times. I mean, I was all over. And, you know, getting that kind of <laughs> portion of it, like I have everything here and I don't have to have like a, a panic attack when I'm on the road going, oh my God, did I forget the glue or whatever, you know? Um, so that putting in the hours that way kind of like helped me figure out how I can best run a class where it's, um, you get a lot in a relatively small period of time. So like my, most of my copper classes run anywhere from like two to three hours, depending on what we're creating and what we're doing. And for me, it's really important to have that teaching element where I'm educating people on the metal for one, because I mean, copper, how many people like work with copper on a regular basis? Not many. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like having them like be like familiar with it was important. And then um, not only being familiar with it, but then being comfortable working with it. I don't work on a super heavy gauge copper. So it's really easily, um, you can manipulate it pretty easily um, with simple tools. So um, like figuring that all out and just being able to kind of condense everything. Cause usually when I come up with a, a workshop idea, I, I'm like, okay, how long did this take me to do? And then like the average person who doesn't do this all the time, because I, sometimes I take for granted, you know, anytime you focus a lot on something, you know, you're going to be adept to doing it a little bit quicker than somebody who doesn't. It's right. like trying to teach me how to play basketball would be like, I, it would take me way too long. I suck yeah. at sports, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that would take me the longest time ever to like figure out how to do like a layup and, you know, whatever, yeah. baskets, that kind of thing. So there's that time buffer that I have to like figure in. Okay. So this takes me, you know, 20 minutes to do, but the average person who doesn't do this on a daily basis, maybe it takes them an hour. So you have to figure in that time so that they're not feeling rushed. They're comfortable. They're also having an experience so they need to be relaxed about it. So you can't rush everything um, through. So, you know, developing classes that way is kind of fun. I mean, the stuff that I do, a lot of it just comes from stuff that I'm like, what do I want to make? Because if I want to make it, maybe somebody else is going to want to make it. So yeah, we do the feather classes. We have butterflies and dragonflies. I do copper foliage, like flowers and leaves. Um, we have a new class here. I'll show you this one. This new class is coming up. This is the um, so oak leaf. Yeah. And it's on a copper board that we patinaed. And then I'm going to show people how to do the um, forming of the leaf. And then we do heat oxidation and then we make the little acorns there. So, you know, it's, it's pretty stuff. I love pretty things. So like, and then the end result of it and everything is kind of fun. But then, like I said, I have um, other artists in here that are also creative and they also love to teach. So 
Um, the latest workshop that we just did here was a fedora and feather workshop. And um, a couple, a couple years ago, I had met this woman, her name is Paula, um, at a Harley Davidson rally in Oconomowoc, which is not that far from us. Um, and I was walking around looking at all the stuff at this rally and she had this cool booth and all these really awesome clothes, like kind of rock star clothes, sort of like rock and roll meets biker meets boho. It was just, it was really cool. And I like went up to her, I'm like, hey, your stuff is awesome. Like, what do you do? Like, how, what is this? And she's like, well, it's all repurposed clothing that I just add my own spin to. So she would like, you know, add studs and furs or laces. And anyway, I just fell in love with her overall aesthetic. And when I opened the shop, she was one of the first people that popped in my head. I'm like, I need to have her here because yeah. her stuff is really cool. So she came in and we just hit it off like immediately. And we were talking, she makes these really cool like hats, like gambler hats, fedoras, um, so on and so forth. And she was like, would it be cool if we did like a hat workshop? And I was like, that would be cool. I'm like, and then I can make a copper feather. We can stick the copper feathers in the hats and yes. you know, kind of embellish them. So we put that all together and we had about 10 people that came to that class. And that was a good four hours that we spent yes. making hats. And it was just a fun time for everyone. And just, you know, two people coming together and like, let's create this together. And then kind of just throw it out there and see what sticks. And, yeah. you know, we've had a good, good response for that. So we're probably gonna be doing that again in the fall. Um, but yeah, all the workshops is really for me, stuff that I want to make, but then also talking to other creatives to see if I could be a place for them to come and teach yeah. their stuff, you know? So like my alcohol ink artist, her name is Beth Kluth. She's great. She's actually teaching two classes here this week. I've met uh, a potter who's doing glass fusing and pottery. You know, it's just all about these connections you make with all these different creatives and yeah. you never really know who or what is going to happen. Yeah. Um, so for me, like having the workshops here, it's, it's a great way for me to just kind of expand my practice because when you teach, you learn. Mm -hmm. as you go and there's certain things that I've learned by teaching that I'm like kind of grateful for that I, I have that but then mm -hmm. you know like you said having people come in and like make suggestions and like let's do this let's do that so it's it's kind of like a necessary thing I guess for me to have the the workshops but yeah we have a lot coming up um and then next like well I have my summer schedule released and I'm just trying to do stuff that I love yeah and if it, if people love to do it with me, that's, <laughs> that's great. And that's, exactly. that's the whole point. So yeah. And it's, it's just about putting myself out there. Definitely making myself uncomfortable is another thing. Like I know when I'm like kind of on the brink of making that next step is when I feel like the most hesitant to do it. So I'm like, well, we're just going to keep going, plow forward and see what happens. So yeah, we have a couple table workshops that we're going to be doing never thought I'd get into furniture but here we are <laughs> fun that yeah. would be a lot of fun I yeah. love it that's mm -hmm. so great yeah I, I do I love your work it's beautiful so when did you start adding the the meaning like so one of the things that I love and the customers here have really enjoyed is being able to buy your little um what word would you call it? like a little word plate that has the yeah. sayings for the feathers yeah when did okay you start adding that that was actually immediate 
because uh, like I said, when people would come into my art show booth, um, for me, it was the angels, you know, but I would have other people that were like, oh, no, 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 no. I found this because I was like the sad, like some of the sadder stories, like I was going through a divorce and um, I saw this feather on the ground or it was floating and I knew that everything was going to be okay. So it meant like resilience to that person. And then um, I, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to like researching stuff. And symbology is, I've always liked symbology, but I really got into it when I started doing more artwork stuff. Um, and then just finding out that, you know, feathers specifically, I mean, there are, there's birds all over the world. Yeah, <laughs> so <true>. every culture <laughs> is going to, there, there's something in every culture that feathers mean certain things to certain cultures and everything, which I was just like, well, that's a fascinating psychology of like the human condition. Like yeah. we're all here. And we're applying meaning to things and depending on where you're from or what you're what you're growing up with it means different things to different people so the meanings i was like i wanted people to be able to choose their own meaning um for their piece so they could have like their own one-of-a-kind unique piece because everyone every feather is totally different we don't like repeat or mm -hmm. use stamps or dyes or anything like that so it was important to me that people have their own one of a kind piece, but then they can also add that extra element where they have the word plate where they can really make it their own. And then it's like, it's meant for them. So that was, that's kind of how that got started. And then um, like the dragonflies and the butterflies, again, with the symbology, butterflies are about metamorphosis and change. And one of the word plates is don't quit before miracles happen. And that was like, when I was thinking about that, I'm like, oh, that is so true. Cause just think about that caterpillar turning itself into like sludge. And yeah. if it were to quit, you know, before it actually changed, we wouldn't have these beautiful butterflies. Yeah. So it, it's that kind of, um, that thought behind it, that for me really kind of means something to me. And then to be able to share that with others, I think and then to have them respond in a positive way, mostly positive. I haven't had anybody like go, this sucks. <laughs> so um, no one's but, going to. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, it, it was like I said, it was important to me that everybody has their own like grasp on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. We've had, and we've had a lot of response here. Same, like you're saying, people walk in and it's like, oh, this is cool. And they have their different reasons and different stories of why they love the things. So right. we had this big butterfly display. So I met you in January and I was like, you know, we have a lot of vendors in our store, so we don't yeah. buy a whole lot of products for the store, but sure. when we do, we want it to be special, you know, handmade. If we don't right. have somebody locally doing, like we didn't have anybody doing copper work. So it was perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, but then to bring it in and you have your little art cards that mm -hmm. you have with your pieces. So like people can look at your work and they have the card and they're complimenting you as the artist. And it's a lot more um, personal. It's, it's a much more personal yeah. touch. They know that a, there's an individual making these with the thought process. And right. again, that opens that door, like you're saying for the conversation that then mm -hmm. it's like, I love butterflies and they'll start telling you why they love butterflies or, yeah. you know, I love dragonflies or, you know, whatever the story is, but yeah. it's always fun. Um, when you make them and send them, you put the sticky on the back, but I asked yes. you because you had someone else that hammered them on. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to hammer it onto the piece. So, you know, give me the little things. Right. So it's always kind of fun because it's the process and they're like, they buy it and then we put it together for them. Right. And you usually go ahead and gift wrap it. And it, it's like that extra 
personal, I guess, element where yeah. you really get to have the conversation because you're mm -hmm. talking while you have that whole process. It's not just yeah. picking something up off a shelf. So yeah. I really love that piece of what you do, that it's not right. only them applying their own meaning to the feather, but creating like a personal connection in the process because it mm -hmm. is a process. Yeah, it so is. It takes, you know, a little bit more time. So anyway, it's, it's awesome. Thanks. So. Yeah, that means, and it's so, it's so nice to hear that too. Cause you know, when I'm sitting here making these things and like, cause all the word plates, like I hand stamp all of those. So letter by letter, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm, I'm touching every piece, you know, constantly. So like when it goes off and I don't see it again and I don't have that, like, you know, you are the retailer and you have your customer experience. Like I, I don't get to see that. So it's nice to hear that, Hey, you know, we too are experiencing that same type of, of thing, which is yeah. that to me means a lot that I'm like, okay, people are getting it. Cause you know, when you live in this a fast pace, everything is like consumable and replaceable and this and that, like to actually like kind of slow down and appreciate and then go, oh yeah, this is an actual thing that an actual person made with their actual hands and not yeah. like just, you know, on an assembly line. That, that to me, I think is, is big. And, and the people that get it, they really get it. And it's, that's cool. That's a really cool experience. Yeah. So it is. Really awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today. Yeah. Let me, let's do some of our fun rapid fire questions for just a minute. And okay. Kind of get to know you that way. Sure. Are you beach or mountains? Oh God. Um, beach with mountains. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe more lake or, or Hawaii okay there Hawaii you go That's or, or like Rocky Mountain with a lake yes yes I need to I, I have to have it all <laughs> so both that's the first time I've gotten that answer <laughs> I love it I love it I love it all are you um a book reader or a movie watcher oh books books yeah do you like to listen to your books or do you like to read like a physical copy um, when I'm working, because I have that extra time to like, listen, I, I have tons of audiobooks, So I, I go through those like they're candy. Yeah. yeah. But when I, when I do more like on vacation, I oh, always absolutely. bring an actual physical book to read because yeah. there's nothing better than that. So yeah, it's definitely very true. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. My, all day? Crazy caffeine. Yeah. All day. I probably shouldn't, but I'm the same way. <laughs> How do you drink your coffee? Um, I like it, uh, with a little bit of cream and like two Splendas. Okay. <laughs> a little sweet, a little, little bit of sweet. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I have one more. I have one more. That's an either or question, but I forgot and I didn't write it down. I'm the worst about writing things down. Do you keep list? Are you a list um, person? No, I mean, yes. Sometimes it depends on if I'm feeling organized. <laughs> I feel like I've got my stuff together, but most of the times it's all like locked up here, which, you know, doesn't make things easier for other people because I can't read my mind. <laughs> but I know, that thought yeah. I know that very, very well. I am, I am a list person though. I live by a list because otherwise, do you, do you get interrupted a lot? I bet you do. And I kind of do, I do get interrupted a lot. I'm, I think I have probably undiagnosed ADHD or something like that. Cause I, I go from thing to thing to thing. It's like the the whole like squirrel, like yes. oh, I'm over here and I'm over here and I'm over here. Um, but a lot of creatives that I've talked to are the same way. And I do, I mean, I do have some lists that I have. So like, you know, my work schedule stuff is all listed, but like other things, um, it's kind of like, oh, well, I do have journals. I journal a lot That's and I have 
lots of things that I'll just write down in the journals. And, but then again, they're not all in the same place ever at the same time. So yes. So for me, I just, I have, I think I've finally reached a point in life that there's just too much in my head and I can't fit anything else. I was trying to tell my kids that I'm like, you guys have so much space in your heads because you haven't experienced life yet that I I have to have like certain things. My phone is my saving grace. I I do the Hey Siri thing like all the time with remind me to the so I guess yeah that is a list yeah reminders yes so I do do that yeah I have so that's what I have I always have a list and usually I make my list of my questions before we sit down but I forgot to grab that list so I forgot (laughs) the last one but my the other question that I do ask though it's not an either or it's a little more thoughtful if you had to go back in time Uh to any given time in the past where would you go and when would you go oh any time I would probably I would say I'd probably go back to the renaissance when everything was like you know coming out of like the dark ages and then like the age of enlightenment and just to see like I love I love the classic art so like da Vinci you know like seeing the sculptures being made and the beautiful paintings and like all the cool advances in technology you know old technology yeah yeah you know kind of seeing that so well I would have to have like penicillin with me because I'm sure (laughs) for some kind of like disease but no I would love to go way back like renaissance era and just experience that because they were so like you know you hear about renaissance men you know they're adept in the arts and sciences and language and everything so like the knowledge people had back then yeah yeah yeah. And I don't think a lot of that, a lot of that's lost now Yeah, where people do, we're more specialists as opposed yeah. to being well-rounded. So I think back then it would be cool to just kind of be a fly on the wall and see yeah. things. Yeah. That'd be a really cool part that. Yeah. That would be neat. That's the, and see, that's the first time I've gotten that answer too. I love it. That's always nice. the fun part. But again, thank you so much for joining me. This has been thank fun. Thank you for having, having me. Here. I'm going to put all your links in, in the show notes. So you guys can go find all of her stuff in the description do you have a list of plate? Do you have like a retailer list yet? How, I don't know if you've been doing. Um, I just recently transferred my website over to a new um, provider. Mm-hmm. So I do have a list of retailers that are on there. I think I have to update it. I, I try to update it quarterly because okay. I'm always getting people, new people in and some older ones go out because things, everything has a cycle. Right. Everything. Um, so yeah, I do have a list of retailers on, on my website. Awesome. So that way you guys, if wherever you are, if you can get to Kami, great. If not, then you can look at that and see if there's somewhere that you can go see her work in person. But the, your pictures are great. So they can find you on social media and see what you're up to. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on Thanks here. Thanks for having me, Danielle. It was a pleasure. Lots of fun. For more behind the scenes from all of our podcast guests, join us on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on the Makers Chat Podcast Facebook page where we have been having makers create live. You'll get the opportunity to get just a little bit more from the different creatives that are joining us on the podcast and see a little bit more about what it is that they do um, in person on the screen and ask questions and really participate. It's been a lot of fun and we hope to see you there. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Remember to check out the Makers Chat community so that you can dive deeper into the conversation. 
You'll find the link to join in our show notes. Have a beautiful week and we will chat again soon.